right, all right, all right. Day 216. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the last... A uh, few chapters dealing dealing with the oracles to the nations. And if the last episode talked about a few nations that God was talking to uh, through the prophet Ezekiel, this uh, episode today is all geared towards one nation and it's Egypt. Right. Ezekiel has finally come to Egypt and he will give seven different discourses of judgment in the section on Egypt. Right. And Egypt also is the seventh nation in this particular sequence it seems like ezekiel has been reading his bible and the thing we need to know about egypt is that if the chief problem with tyre remember tyre and sidon from uh, the phoenician civilizations if the chief problem with tyre was economics and greed and misuse of wealth the problem here with egypt is their misuse of military power it says this look i am against you pharaoh king of egypt the great monster lying in the middle of his nile who says my now is my own i made it for myself um power often leads to this kind of thinking power it's been said is never good unless he be good who has it the immense military power and the vast kingdom that egypt had made right um made them believe that they weren't merely the recipients of god's good gifts but the creator of god's good gifts and not only is god coming against them for that but also because of listen the attempt to assist judah at the onslaught of nebuchadnezzar who was god's instrument of judgment remember um god had ordained for babylon to siege jerusalem his holy city and what egypt tried to do was help judah (laughs) fight off babylon and they got washed right And so what you see is the Lord proclaims these oracles of judgment and literally in history, we can look back and see that after this, after the onslaught of Babylon, Egypt never again becomes a world power on the world stage. And so the Lord's word we see is sure his judgment is often cited here. Listen, against kingdoms, as we said, and nations to show that he is the king of all kings and the God of all nations. All people in all places will always be accountable to him. Chapter 30 comes and Ezekiel will just continue on poetically and metaphorically describing the judgment that is coming upon uh, Egypt for sure. And he says um, he won't just mention Egypt in this text. Look what he says in verse six of chapter 30. He says, this is what the Lord says. Those who support Egypt will fall and its proud strength will collapse from Migdol to Syene. They will fall within it by the sword. This is the declaration of the Lord God. They will be desolate among desolate lands and their cities will lie among ruined cities. They will know that I am the Lord when I set fire to Egypt and all its, listen, and all its allies are shattered. In other words, God is going to say, man, check this. All of the folks who usually lock arms with you and who you think have your back, Cush, Put, Libya, all the nations around you, listen, that neighbor Egypt um, that would that would that would that would help them fight in military battles, they would be of no help against the Lord of Armies, right? They would be of no help against the Lord of hosts. And he uses this language, hear this, he uses this language to speak of God as this divine warrior. And God is saying, no, no. He's going to talk about, he's going to say, I'm going to break the arm. (laughs) I'm going to break the arm of Pharaoh, right? And this is figurative and an idiomatic expression. Why? Because in the ancient world, um, in Egyptian texts, Pharaoh is often characterized as having a strong hand and being the possessor of a strong arm. And even if you think back to the the, uh, Exodus text, 
where, where the Lord says, no, 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 I brought Egypt or I brought my people out of Egypt with a strong arm. It's really a polemical kind of literary technique where the Lord is ironically saying, hey, in the same way, like you think your arm is strong. I'll show you that my arm is actually much stronger. You think you have power. I will show you who has true ultimate, ultimate divine power. God is saying, I really do this. And in chapter 31, another oracle <laughs> against Egypt. And God will use uh, this kind of a- allegorical analogy to make his point as he speaks about Assyria. So he says, uh, who are you like in your greatness? Um, think of Assyria, a cedar in Lebanon with beautiful branches and shady foliage uh, and of lofty height. Its top was among the clouds. Now, listen, so much context is needed to understand some of this stuff. But cedars, right? Cedars in this day and culture were uh, symbols, were huge symbols to speak of something with prominence and royalty and majesty, right? And it was, a cedar was a literal tree, this very big and thick tree, and its wood was considered very valuable and expensive. And so Assyria was much like that, right? Was the most powerful nation of its time. And we know in 613 BC, uh, Babylon raises up and destroys Assyria. And so Look what he says in verse 10. He says, therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Since it towered high in stature and set its top among the clouds and it grew proud on account of its height, I, I determined to hand it over to a ruler of nations. He will surely deal with it. I ban it. Uh, I banished it because of its wickedness. Foreigners, ruthless men from the nations cut it down and left it lying. In other words, what Ezekiel was saying is this. He describes the fall of this great cedar. Now, the cedar was compared to Assyria. But why is he bring up? Why does he bring up Assyria here? in the context of speaking of Egypt. Well, the indictment uh, that the Lord is kind of bringing here is kind of blurring the distinctions between the two nations. And the Lord is saying, no, no, in the same way that I brought my past judgment against the major world power of Assyria at the time in 7th century BC, I will do the same thing against Egypt, right? And he kind of alternates back and forth. And it seems like he's talking about uh, both of them because he actually is. And he's just saying like, he's just trying to draw this uh, analogy between the two nations. He's like, no, 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 like I've been doing this. I've been showing that I am the true God of the universe, right? I did it taking down Assyria and I will do it again and taking down Egypt. And so he is bringing this warning. Listen, he is bringing this warning to Egypt. And you got to think about it. He brings this warning to Egypt before it actually happens. So the Lord, even in his, even, even in his judgments against the nations is really uh, kind and patience to warn them that his judgment is coming, giving them an opportunity towards repentance. And so in 32, he finishes off and he's like, yo, no, no, Egypt is going to go down to Sheol, fam. Egypt is going to go down to Sheol. And in the Old Testament understanding, the realm of the dead, Sheol is the realm of the dead. And he speaks of how Egypt would be consigned to that space because of God's judgment upon them. Listen, for people who think they have military might and power that they can uh, impose upon weaker nations, fam, God is saying, no, no, I'm the one who really holds the keys to life and death. I'm the one who holds the keys to life and death. And I am the one who determines earthly fates, listen, but also eternal fates, right? And for us and for the Egyptians that would have recognized this and repented, repented, they can have their eternal fate secure, right? By a savior who not just, who didn't just go to Sheol, the realm of the dead, the dead, but also resurrected, right? He descended to Sheol and ascended, uh, descended to the land of Sheol and uh, the realm of Sheol and ascended to the right hand of the father where he currently reigns forever. Our hope should be in King Jesus and not in the nations and empires and kings of the world. Why? Because we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, 
Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we ask that our allegiance would be in the right, aimed in the right direction. Father, we know that all man-made cities one day will fall, but the eternal city, the new Jerusalem, will reign and be sustained forever. I pray that our hearts and our hope will be oriented in that direction. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.